Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human, and my guest today is Robin Cohen, and I'm very excited about that. I'll tell you why in a moment. And our topic is living with mindfulness, having presence of mind. I have had quite a few requests about um, my my session, my program with Dr. Ian Weinberg yesterday. And people wanted to know how they could pick up the podcasts. You can go on to Dischem Medical Monday, go into Chaya FM Podcasts, Dischem Medical Monday, and, and you'll see under Dr. Ian Weinberg. But thank you. I got a lot of fantastic feedback. Thanks so much. Now, Robin is a lecturer on many holistic healing modalities. She runs corporate workshops, workshops at, uh, at home, at schools, and she has taught me so many different holistic healing power, uh, courses that I've been on with her. I would say, you know, Maya Angelou talks about a soul sister. Well, uh, Rob is a soul sister. To me, we met many, many years ago in the Drakensberg. And as we actually, I walked into the room, I looked up and Robin was looking at me and we both connected and we knew that we had traveled lifetimes together. And thank God we are in this lifetime together as well, Rob. So you're back on the show and welcome. Thank you so much, Sue. Um, what I would like to talk about, Robin has been doing um, mindfulness workshops in schools. And before we do that, I want to read you this poem. Today was the absolute worst day ever. And don't try to convince me that there's something good in every day. Because when you take a closer look, the world is a pretty evil place, even if some goodness does shine through once in a while. Satisfaction and happiness don't last, and it's not true that it's all in the mind and heart, because true happiness can be attained only if one's surroundings are good. It's not true that good exists. I'm sure you can agree that the reality creates my attitude. It's all beyond my control, and you'll never in a million years hear me say that today was a good day. Now, isn't that negative? Oh, my word. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm absolutely shocked. I'm, I'm looking at a shocked face opposite <laughs> me. Right. Now, read from the bottom to the top. Today was a good day, and you'll never in a million years hear me say that it's all beyond my control. My attitude creates the reality. I'm sure you can agree that it's not true that good exists, only if one's surroundings are good. True happiness can be attained because it's all in the mind and heart. And it's not true that satisfaction and happiness don't last. Some goodness does shine through once in a while, even if the world is a pretty evil place. Because when you take a closer look, there's something good in every day. And don't try to convince me that today was the absolute worst day ever. <laughs> Sue, 
<laughs> oh, you got me there. That was fantastic. You know what? For anyone who wants to actually look this up, it's under mindfulness poem, Worst Day Ever. And it's how you can turn your life around. Isn't that amazing, Rob? Absolutely and brilliant. And that is what you do. Before going on to that, I want to tell you all that we've got some really good YouTubes. The one YouTube that you're going to be listening to is a, a YouTube on anti-bullying um, by Judy Erwig, Wendy Fine, and Hilton Rosenthal. And quite honestly, um, it's it's really it's for all of us. It's 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 called "Got to Say No." And it's how we should all learn to say no, all genders, all ages, and it's quite fantastic. And then you'll hear a few other ones as well, and um, I hope you enjoy them. Right, Rob, please tell me about this the the workshops that you've been doing. I have a letter here that came from one of the one of your ladies that you one of the schools and I would like you to actually before I read it just tell me what you did with the school how did you why what made you decide to go into schools okay so I've been running mindfulness programs presence of mind programs for years and years now and there was there was a I think it was on Facebook where um, there was a school that implemented meditation instead of detention. And the results that they they had at that school were phenomenal. So that's where I started exploring it. Let's introduce this to the children. Let's bring mindfulness and meditation into schools. And the more I explored it, the more I understood that, yes, we do need to bring it to the children, but who has to bring it to the children? I can't run an eight-week workshop for the kids and then it's finished. We need to get through to the teachers themselves so that they implement mindfulness throughout the year. And understanding that as you teach one child mindfulness, that child then expands that mindfulness into their homes, into their families. So you're touching far more than just the individual child. Absolutely. And... And you need to go through the school because the teachers, after all, are role models to the children. Absolutely. So at one point, you know, you kind of look at the teachers trying to teach mindfulness to the children, but not implementing mindfulness themselves. So Sheba from King David Nursery School um, got in touch with me. What an amazing woman. What an amazing school. What incredible teachers. And... She has been living mindfulness and asked me if I would introduce mindfulness to her teachers. So we ran an eight-week workshop, which was extraordinary. And each week we worked with a different modality, a different process. We did a lot of process work. We did a lot of um, awareness work. And through the eight-week process and, and program, the shifts were phenomenal and that's where we went. Uh, that sounds amazing, Rob. But before we go any further, you know, mindfulness is often thought of as a religious thing. So people sort of shy away from it or it's a Buddhist thing or it's a Hindu thing, or, you know, uh, and they shy away from it. So mindfulness, just how would you explain mindfulness, first of all? Okay, so if you had to write the word mindful with two L's. As opposed to mindless with two S's. Mm. <laughs> so it's mindful that you are aware, you are present in this moment. 
And that is the key, Sue, is that when we are, you and I are sitting here now with Craig, we're in this space, we're in this sacred moment, focused on each other, focused on where we are. Our minds are present with mm. what is. If we were thinking about what was or what might be in the future, we're not present. We're not mindful. That's where mindlessness would come in. Mm. So it's mm. learning to be fully present in each moment with what is. So when you went into the school systems, the different school systems, I'm sure there you got a bit of resistance from some of the teachers, surely. Of course. Initially, it um, it was what is this and why should we have to do this and, you know, adding more pressure to our, our, our already very pressured lives. But it did shift. It shifted beautifully. And the whole thing, what your, your question around um, mindfulness being a religious, or, you know, possibly a religious or Buddhist thing is absolutely not that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a doctor John Kabat-Zinn, who introduced it in, um, I I can't remember which hospital it was in the States, and he wrote an eight-week program, which is accessible online. It is a free program. Anybody can um, log on to his program and see exactly how he works with body scans, with breathing, with mindfulness, and it is absolutely not religion-orientated. Then me, mom. Are you ready to be his friend? Yes. Try not to be that that high up to be friends. I want everything to be low. Okay? Okay. Just try your best. I I don't want you and my dad to be replaced in and me again. I want you and my dad to be placed as settled and be friends. I'm not trying to be mean. I just want everyone to be friends. And if I can be nice, I think all of us can be nice too. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to do my best in my heart. Nothing else than that. I want you, Mom, my Dad, everyone to be friends. I want everyone to be smiling. Not like being mad. I want everything to smile. Especially when I see someone, I want them to smile. Especially Nana, everyone. I want everyone to smile. And if that's for my dad and you, Mom, I think you can do it. I think you can settle your your mean your mean heights down a little to short heights. Then it's both, okay? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be a bully. I'm trying to be steady on the floor, not way down, on straight, on the middle where my heart is. My heart is something. Everyone else's heart is something too. And if we live in a world where everyone's being mean, everyone's going to be a monster in their future. What if... If there's just a little bit of persons and we will eat them, then no one will ever be here. Only the monsters in our place. We need everyone to be in person. Everyone, including me and my mom, everyone. I just want everything to be settled down. 
nothing else. I just want everything to be good as possible. Nothing else. That uh, that was a little girl, a little Chinese girl that I picked up on YouTube, giving this message to her parents who were going through a divorce. And to me, it's the most beautiful little message to all of us to listen to what children are actually saying. She's saying, get off that high place. Come down to where I am. I don't want to be mean. I don't want anyone else to be mean. And I don't want us to turn into monsters. And isn't it, wasn't that sweet? I mean, really cute. Absolutely amazing, Sue. And it's, it's absolutely true. Come down, come down, bend down. Speak to me on my level. Speak to me on a way that I can understand. Be present with me because I'm struggling. Mm. And that's exactly the message she gave her parents. Very, very mature little child. Absolutely. I have an advert that I have to read. I, I was supposed to read it just now. The American Hebrew Academy is the only international Jewish boarding school in the world, preparing students aged 14 to 19 for future university study. The American Hebrew Academy is located in the United States and has welcomed Jewish teenagers from 38 countries to enroll in its prestigious school situated on a beautiful, state-of-the-art 405,000 square meter campus. The American Hebrew Academy offers Jewish teenagers a rigorous academic program, sports, arts, and social activities in an environment rich in Jewish culture, life, history, tradition, and a love for Israel. Please join American Hebrew Academy representatives at a a reception and information session on Monday, May the 14th from 1900 hours at the African Pride Hotel, which is on the first floor, Melrose Square. Drinks and kosher food will be served. The American Hebrew Academy looks forward to meeting you. You can uh, learn more about this on their website, www.americanhebrewacademy.org. You know what? If I'd been Jewish at the uh, between the ages of 14 and 19, a long, long, long time ago, it sounds very good, <laughs> doesn't it, Rob? Absolutely. <laughs> right. What I want to do now, go on to, Rob, is I have a letter in front of me from one of the teachers about this eight-week program. And what she said about you was that your wisdom, passion, warmth, and professionalism blew them away. And that they believe that it has had an in impacted enormously on all the teachers. Not only are the teachers doing mindfulness with the children, but they are living more mindfully and using it to help their children, their own children, with issues like anxiety, homework stress, and many more. Um, the, the positive thinking cards, and you showed them to me just now, Rob, which looked lovely. I would like to know where to get them, you'll tell me. Um, also are, are being very well used. And the, she goes on to say that she feels so privileged to have had, for them to have had this opportunity to actually learn from them. May Hashem shine his light on you always and bless you for the way you touch people's lives in so many ways. Beautiful letter, Rob. Absolutely, Sue. And I must be honest, I'm the one who's privileged. I have been so privileged to have met these amazing women, to have been open-heartedly welcomed into, into their sacred space and allowed to share 
whatever I could with them. Now, tell me a bit about, and you've had many other letters as well. Oh, yeah, there are, there are lots of them. Um, I see that you've got uh, the the first week you do autopilot. Just tell me what is autopilot. Don't give your techniques away, but just tell <laughs> me what autopilot means. Okay, so what ha- often happens is, just as an example, you wake up in the morning, jump out of bed, brush your teeth, rush. There's a rush to get the kids ready, rush to get uh, ready for school, um, or to get ready for work, and onto the highway, for example, and there's traffic everywhere and you're in a state because you need to get somewhere. And it kind of becomes, that becomes the autopilot. And the key to overcoming that is to actually mindfully wake up in the morning, maybe set your alarm five minutes earlier and lie in bed for that five minutes and appreciate the warm bed, the comfortable cushion, the the duvet, the the beautiful home that you're in or the roof over your head and just take a moment to breathe, to be present with the waking up, with your moderni, with your awareness of of self in the, the moderni is a is a morning prayer and uh, beautiful just thanking Hashem for God for bringing our souls back into a new day. Beautiful. Absolutely. And with each thing, for example, if somebody has to take Tomorrow morning, you wake up and you're standing and you're brushing your teeth. When you brush your teeth, brush your teeth. It's not a case of my, or the autopilot, okay, I'm brushing my teeth, but I'm thinking 10 steps ahead of what I have to be doing. Give yourself the opportunity of being present with brushing your teeth, with um, eating your breakfast, with drinking your cup of tea. And that's where the brochas come in, which is so beautiful to just actually say that blessing on on the food you're about to eat or on the, on the, the drink water. you're about mm. to drink. And just it, it brings you to present moment. So it's not just an autopilot thing where you're just swallowing it down mindlessly, but you're actually present with the blessing of, for example, this bottle of water in front of me that you've given me, recognizing that what is in this water, it's not just a bottle of water. Mm. It's the sky. It's the clouds. It's the sunshine. It's the rain. It's, it's the universe, isn't exactly, it? Exactly. And it's the blessings. Now, if you would like to SMS us or WhatsApp us, if you have any questions for Robin, please do so on 34519 or you can WhatsApp us on 061-895-1019. We're going to go into advert and then you're going to be hearing um, Judy Erwick, Wendy Fine and uh, Hilton uh, Rosenthal with their Got to Say No new video. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson. I'm back with Robin Kahn. And Rob, what did you think of that beautiful song? Of such a message. I have to just say, well done to Judy, Wendy and Hilton. It was absolutely wonderful. It is the most incredible message for all of us. And the mindfulness of the impact that bullying has on us, whether we are adults or children, and especially now with cyberbullying, it is so important and so valuable. So, kolakavod to them. Well done. Absolutely. And if anyone would like to pick up this uh, YouTube, please do so on the email. Go onto email, and it's on got to say no at gmail dot com. Um, I think it's really worth it. Now, Rob, we were just talking just now about being very aware of of um, water and air and everything. And Eckhart Tolle 
uh, talks about uh, you are not in the universe. You are the universe, an intrinsic part of it. Ultimately, you are not a person, but a focal point where the universe is becoming conscious of itself. What an amazing miracle. Now, that is very, it's a very mindful um, mindfulness concept, isn't it? That we are part of this universe. Absolutely. Um, just just for clarity's sake, Eckhart Tolle wrote the book called The Power of Now, mm. which is mindfulness in its absolute essence. And he, I would say, if anybody wanted to explore this further, as well as John Kabat-Zinn, to definitely read Eckhart Tolle. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. And yes, we are. We are all the same. We are all a microcosm of the macrocosm. And we are the universe. Each person, as I sit with you, Sue, you're not just an individual. You are an entire universe. You're a, you're a, a world within worlds, within worlds, within worlds. And we are each other's mirror. And the mindfulness is in the absolute honor and respect of you and your sacredness and your space and the boundaries that, are, that make up, delineate your sacred space and mine. And that's another very important part of, of recognizing the importance of being mindful of each other's space. Very much so. And, you know, just going back to the anti-bullying also, part of your your um, mindfulness workshops at school is also being aware of that. But I also heard something the other day, Rob, which I loved. It was about a, a bench, a white bench, or it can be a blue or red, whatever you want, that's put out at uh, in the playground. And any child who's feeling sad or bullied that day goes to go and sit on this bench and the other children are made aware that that child is feeling sad and it's their choice whether to go up to that child or not. It's their responsibility to actually notice who is sitting on that bench. Isn't that a lovely thought? What I really love about it is that it engenders compassion and kindness. It brings chesed in. It brings the awareness for the children to see, and it could be one of the teachers sitting on the bench, Absolutely. needing, needing. You're so <laughs> it right. Could, it could be in a corporate situation where somebody goes and sits on that bench and then they know. People know, just awareness. This person is struggling. There is a little bit of a upheaval or, or sorrow or pain or whatever in this person's life. And they, that's where you bring in that loving kindness and that compassion and that awareness. Let me see what I can do to help. Now, Rob, you do these workshops for corporate in the workplace, and um, I'm sure that they are incredibly well received there because without doubt, I think um, the more we can bring awareness into a workplace and make people um, mindful of what's going on around them, not just simply in their office or in their on their desk or wherever they are, but actually in general, what's going on around them, the energy that is around them, they have a choice to change that energy too. 100% Sue. And it's like you said, we are made up of so much more than just this body sitting in the desk or sitting at, at my desk. I am made up of the universe of my entire family, my, my life, my experiences. So, for example, I come in, sit at the desk and you see me as the secretary or whoever it is. And give me the work to do. But what am I actually sitting with? What are the emotions? What is the pain that, and the struggle that I brought with me into work? Why am I being mindless when I should be focused? And so in the awareness of bringing mindfulness into work, we, we look beyond, we look at the bigger picture of what 
is each individual going through at the time and how can we assist them? How can we be a positive influence? So instead of just seeing just the shell of a human being sitting there doing their work, we see the holistic being who is physical, emotional, mental and spiritual. So it brings a greater dimensionality into the workspace as well. Very definitely. Sorry. Sorry. And more focused um, work as well. So the work itself becomes much stronger. And respect. Exactly. And often gratitude comes in there as well, which is so important. So that would take us from the autopilot mode into the mindful, the mindful mode, wouldn't it? We're yes. in your in your eight week program. Yes, of course. I, and then I see you've also got fun ways to work with breathing. Just just give me a couple. Don't give too many away because people are going to be phoning you. Which you can, if you want more information, please contact us on SMS three four five one nine or WhatsApp us on zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. Right, Rob. Tell us a few fun ways to work okay. with breath. So probably the best way of all is to get a bottle of bubbles. and The bubbles that you blow? The bubbles that, that you yeah. blow. And, <laughs> um, you know, the Butterfly Kids came up with a concept which was called the trouble bubbles. Yes. And what they taught the children was to blow their troubles away with their bubbles. So you're blowing all the emotion into the bubbles and see the bubbles floating, floating away, which is away. absolutely I beautiful. I love that. And um, other ways of doing, especially with children, is to maybe make a little paper boat and so, like, kind of sail it on water, blowing it, blowing the boat. Um, do you remember the pinwheels we used to get as children, the windmills? Yes, yes. And actually making windmills as a, as a uh, program with the kids, as a task with the children. As a project. Yeah, uh-huh. and then they can blow the, the, wind, the windmills themselves and blow it slowly, blow it faster, blow it... Uh, you know, just to get the different aspects of breath. And I'm sure in the workplace, people come up with their own ideas of how to get rid of a negative emotion Absolutely. with breath. Absolutely. You can breathe a color in, Sue. So, for example, let's say blue is a healing, soothing, cooling color for you. You could visualize bre- breathing the color blue, bringing calm, peace, harmony, tranquility, centeredness, mindfulness, present moment in as you breathe out the blackness, for example, out your feet and away from you, letting go of the stress or the anxiety or worry, fear, tension. So breathing with color is really, really, really powerful. Very definitely. And actually, as you're saying that, I'm thinking I told you earlier that I've been tripping everywhere. And I know it's purely from uh, stress at the moment. And so I need to be very mindful of my feet at the moment and perhaps breathing healing color into my feet, which go onto the earth and say, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be now. Walk with passion, with compassion. One of the um, one of the programs that we do is working with energy and all the different colors that associated with each center of the body and the energy. So with what you've just brought up now, I would recommend that you breathe in red. Because red is the base, it's your security, stability, grounding, feeling safe in your body and safe in the world, and it reflects in your hands and your feet. So the breathing, the red, go all the way down to your feet and into your hands that you are able to handle what's going on. And red is also blood, so it does pulsate through your entire body. 
That's that's lovely. I'm going to do that, Rob. And I don't often wear red, but I definitely will. I remember someone once saying, I think it was in one of your workshops that I was at, someone saying, well, they'll wear red underwear. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you also do a positive thinking and an emotional guidance scale. Um, Now, I like that. And I also like your no complaining. Yeah. Now, how do you do that? I mean, you know, some sometimes you. I know that I gave a talk a, a while ago, and oh my gosh, I actually had to sort of stop in the middle and get some of the people to stop complaining about their lives and just listen to each other rather. Mm-hmm. I've got a lovely example of the no complaining zone, and that is when I work with um, students matric students, grade 11 students, like the high school students. And when we set up their desk, um, so we'll set up the desk for efficiency, for, you know, the way that they were able to work in a structured environment with a great big sign above their desk saying, no complaining zone. (laughs) (laughs) And in that no complaining zone, when they sit down, their minds have to focus on what is rather than all the thoughts of why am I doing this? I shouldn't have to do this and the moaning. So and so did this. Yeah. yeah. And ways of overcoming um, as you asked me now, the overcoming the complaining is to go into gratitude and appreciation. If you have gratitude and appreciation, complaining disappears. And sometimes that is actually living in the present, not living in the past or what was even an hour ago, but living in what is right now. So it's the only way to actually live mindfully, and that is imagine a seesaw. So the one side of the seesaw is your past. The other side is your future. So you rush to the past and your mind, for example, rushes to the past and you sit on the one side of the seesaw, but it's off balance. Mm. It's out of center. It's out of kilter. So you rush quickly to the front and you sit on the other side, which is now the future. And again, the seesaw sits and can't go anywhere. And the key is to sit in the center of that seesaw. Just sit in the middle, find the middle road. Sit in the middle of that center and say, this is present moment. The past brings me depression. It upsets me. It makes me upset about all the things that have happened. The future brings anxiety, brings panic, worry, fear. So if I sit in the center of my now, I'm creating my future through a series of now now moments. Mm. And the past has brought me to where I am now. So with gratitude and love for all my trauma. All my drama, all my pain, all my suffering, it has helped me to grow, to Mm. evolve, to be who I am right now. And to actually appreciate then who you are right now without guilt, without anything, all the baggage that we do carry. It's so true. You know, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov said, one must never grow old, neither as an old saint nor as an old follower. Being elderly is a vice. A person must always renew Begin and go back and begin again. Uh, he was not talking about the body, but about the emotional landscape of someone who is rigid and unchanging, afraid of personal renewal and resigned to increasing our narrowness. Mm-hmm. His recommendation he is use the years to grow and regrow, shed old lives and adopt new ones. Isn't that fantastic? It's absolutely brilliant, Sue. And the key is actually that, yes, our bodies do grow older. 
But our minds can keep us young. Mm. And mm. being mindful keeps us present and youthful. Mm. Whereas, you, yes, your body may be aging, but you can have a really beautiful young mind and therefore keep your body healthy and young as well. You're so right. And I know that quite a few people have said to you, oh, I, I don't know how to do mindfulness. I don't know if I could ever learn it. Now, it's not a case of actually learning it, is it, Rob? How do you, if you, if someone had to say to you, what is mindfulness? Give me an exact um, idea of what mindfulness is because I don't know if I can learn it. What would your answer be? Sue, I want you to find one thing in this room to look at right now. Can okay. you see anything here right now that you could look at? You. Okay. So focus on me right now in this moment. My hair, my eyes, the physical aspects of who I am in this moment. Look at me. Look at what you see. Look at the colors that I'm wearing, the clothes that I'm wearing, the pen in your hand, the ring in your, on your finger, the glass, the bottle of water near you. In this moment, what is your focus on? It's on you and and the space between us as well, which is filled. Okay. And you look pretty good, Rob. Thanks, Very good. So do you. You look beautiful. <laughs> so in this moment, your focus was on me, not on what was or what will be. You mm. were present with what is. That's mindfulness. Okay. Find something in your presence to focus on, to pivot. So, for example, if you are feeling anxious, you worried, you stressed, you negative – Go for a walk barefoot in your garden. Go and find a flower, a rose, a an image, a picture on your phone. Find something that makes you feel happy. I've got a beautiful, beautiful video of my little grandson feeding himself for the first time with and his beautiful smile. And you showed it to me, and he was so mindful of what he was doing. He was squashing that food between his fingers. And, exactly. Yeah. Be be present with what is and, and enjoy this moment. Sue, it's, it's gone now. Mm. And now it's another moment. And guess what? It's gone. Mm. So by appreciating and being so present with what is, we are then mindful in our, our journey forward. And, you know, the Dalai Lama was being um, videoed for a documentary. So by the time they... Um, got around to filming this particular scene. He was so used to them that he actually didn't even realize they were there. And he was laughing. He was eating his fruit and he was laughing. He was giggling and laughing. And he was interviewed after, the, after his meal. And they said, why were you laughing? And he said, it was my fruit. It smelled so good. It tasted so good. It was so lovely. It made me so happy. And for me, that's always been my marker be present with the tastes, with the smells, with the sights, with the feelings, with the sounds. And in that moment, you are fully present. And it's amazing how it does let go of so much stress, you know, that you, you are holding. You can actually almost feel your, your shoulders relaxing as you move into the moment and not into what might be coming next or what has just been. The Dalai Lama did say, when asked about what surprised him most about humanity, he said man, because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die and then dies, having never really lived. Wow. 
That is incredible. Sue. It is, isn't it? Absolutely. And and it's, it is. It's a matter yeah. of living. I see there is a, a message that's come through. I think probably for, yes from Judy. Thanks, Jude. It says thanks, Robin and Sue and Robin, loving your program about God is saying no. If your listeners want to see the YouTube video of these fantastic kids, search "God is Say No" by Kids for Kids. Um, I, you you saw that of the children, mm, and I loved it absolutely. Thank you, Jude, for that, and definitely, I'm sure people will want to see that. Um, now, Rob, going back to your your course, what else do you teach in it, and and um, what do you think is most worthwhile? Oh, there there's so much. I think probably one of the most important things to do is to have is when we work with compassion. That in order to have compassion for others, we have to start with compassion for ourselves. When you hear something negative, what's the first thing we do? You go, <gasps> you breathe it in. Mm, so and true. so we need to be mindful and compassionate to ourselves so that once we have received the healing that we would ordinarily give everybody else, you've filled yourself with healing light. You're then able to give more and be more present with others. And I think also a big one here, Rob, is actually know when to walk away. It's got to say no, that got to say Mm. no uh, uh, phrase, that um, we need to know that when people are actually toxic to us, we have the right to re- remove ourselves from them. Exactly. And one of, the ma- one of the major processes that we do is setting our boundaries, setting okay. strong boundaries. Can we go back to that in yes, a moment? The best part of your day. At the heart of your community. All the talk. All the music. All the news. Hi, FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm with Robin Kahn, and uh, you can SMS us on 34519, or you can WhatsApp us on 061-895-1019, talking about living mindfully. I keep telling Robin to move to the side when I'm trying to see the WhatsApp number. I should know it by now. Our topic is living with mindfulness and having presence of mind. Rob, you were talking, we were talking now about giving ourselves permission to say no to people, to move away from people who are actually are harming our lives, emotionally or physically. Okay, so the people that come into our lives are teachers. They teach our souls. We contract with them to learn from them, to grow and to evolve. The, the thing is that we need to mindfully respect ourselves And yes, you can say, I honor you. Thank you for being my teacher. Thank you for showing me what I don't like. Thank you for showing me what I don't want. So you don't take it, you don't take it on. You don't take it in. You don't personalize the, for example, the ugliness that may come from somebody else, but you recognize that that vibration, that energy that they are giving off is unacceptable to us. So you raise yourself above it, almost like the vision of, of an eagle Mm. so you would rise above the negativity rise above the shadows rise above the unkindness and say i deserve better than that Mm. so yes there are teachers but what are they teaching what we don't want and how do we know what we do want unless we have someone who shows us what we don't want so true so and then move away yeah and of course well that's what that elevation is Mm. that you Mm. you don't give um your power and your energy away to those that don't deserve it Mm. Mm. that's so true 
Now, Rob, just t- talking about your positive uh, cards, I just wanted to mention those because you did show them to me earlier, and then I was going to pick one up just now, but we left them in the car. Sorry about that. But uh, just tell me about those. Okay, so these are positive thinking cards, which were written by Wynne Cohen, who wrote the Butterfly Kid stories. Right. Which I would highly recommend to everybody to read and to listen to. There's an app, the Butterfly Kids um I'm not 100% sure. It's Butterfly Kids with a Z dot org, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's a free app. And they can go on and listen to all the stories, listen to the songs. There's beautiful Dreams um, CD, which is a, a CD with subliminal messages for children. I'm beautiful. I'm clever. I'm kind. And these positive thinking cards come from Win and Solve. So they are accessible through me. I can get them for, if anybody does want them, I have the ability to get them for so if I, I I did, I picked one up and it said, uh, you're having a wonderful day, I think, or something like that. It was, I mean, it was, it was very meaningful. Um, now, when you go into the schools, do you encourage them to do them with children or do you encourage them to do them with themselves? Both. So the cards are put out. There is a mindfulness area in each classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and the children can go and take a card every day. And the teacher obviously has to, the little kids have to be read too, but all, all the kids as well can take a card. So what's a mindfulness area? Just explain it to me. Okay. So we've created mindfulness areas in each of the classrooms where we have a negativity box, um, where all the negativity, instead of it sitting in the body, we've put there's a technique that we've created to put it into the box. So the box must hold the negativity and not carry it inside our bodies. We have kindness jars. If somebody's been kind to each other, then they get, then they get acknowledged through a kindness jar. There's a gratitude jar where we put in things that we are grateful for and appreciative of. There's a creation area where we've got this beautiful little box that has been created with what do we want to bring into our lives, what do we want to make happen in our lives. And it's almost like um, it's a lovely little treasure box that all our visions and dreams go into, as well as a whole lot of other things. So, Now, Rob, a message that came through earlier was when you go to bed at night, what is the best way to be mindful? Okay, so when your day is done and you're lying in bed and you're just moments before sleep, for me... The most mindful way is to say the bedtime shema because it brings in the four just, angels. Just explain it, yes. Oh, so it's, it is the shema and it is, it's a prayer just um, acknowledging that we all are one. And then we bring in the four archangels, the four main angels, Michael, who's the angel of protection, Gabriel, the angel of wisdom, Uriel, the angel of light, and Raphael, the angel of healing. So you feel surrounded and held by by. God, Goddess, Hashem V'Shekhinah, and all the angels, and to fall asleep in a way that we feel like we are being held in the arms of the angels. One other thing that I do recommend people do is to create a journal and segment it into three different areas. Uh, The one area being a book of positive aspects, so find positive things or things that are positive in your day to write into the, the um, front of the journal the middle of the journal is your gratitude area where you put in things that you're grateful for things that you are appreciative of and the one just before bed at night is your success area and you take one thing that you have done today that you are so 
proud of that you feel you did well and you make you write it into your success journal just before bed as well that's actually a lovely idea it really is i like that i like that for adults and children absolutely uh, it will allow a lot of the children to go with, without stress and especially i do find with um children being hooked onto so much um, technology today that a lot of that is carried over that energy that we are actually picking up as we're on our phones as we're on our laptops and the children are with homework and everything you know just letting that slowly leave the body and and mm. go into a peaceful sleep one other thing that I've just thought of, as you've mentioned the technology, is that a lot of people sleep with their um, cell phones charging next to their beds. Mm-hmm. And if you can, try get a rose quartz crystal, a stone from the nursery. It doesn't have to be a very fancy stone. But rose quartz has the, um, the ability to absorb the radiation that comes from the phone. So you put that between your head. And if you have to charge your phone next to your bed, which I don't recommend, but people are going to do it anyway. So put a rose quartz stone or a smoky quartz between the phone and your head just to protect you. So it's almost like a magnetic energy field then uh, that's coming from the rose quartz. That's that's blocking yeah. the energy field coming from the phone. 100%. It won't allow you, you to absorb the uh, radiation from the phone. I'm going to do that, and you're quite right. You can actually get those rose quartz at any nursery. You can yeah. buy packets of them. I'm going to hand them out to my grandchildren, I think. Good idea, Rob. They can be put by computers. They can be put by um, microwaves, TVs, and cell phones, and obviously the iPads as well. Anything, and all this electricity, this white noise that we are bombarded with, it will help protect us. Okay, good idea. Now, humor and laughter are great healers. And according to uh, Viktor Frankl, humor is, is, um, is, a, is a joy of the soul. It, it comes right from the soul. It's a healer. Um, do you bring humor and laughter into your workshops? I do my absolute best to do that because it is such an important part. And especially when we're working with control, needing to control things and especially the will and the power over others. We bring laughter in there. It's, it's to do with the solar plexus center, which is your center of, of let's just laugh it off and laugh at life and bring in the joy and the blessings to come back to present moment time. And I would like to go back to that in a moment, but we just have to break. Pharmacist to care. Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and, and I'm with Robin Cowan, and we're talking about living life mindfully. Now, we were talking about humor, and it's, um, it's actually it's quite amazing. I have found many people that I've worked with who have been very ill. And and also people even with anticipatory grief, you know, um, thinking that they're going to be losing someone. If they have managed to laugh, just or smile even, it has released unbelievable tension in their body. And they've been able to go ahead and face what, what they have to do next. Absolutely, Sue. You know, laughter is the best medicine. I'm sure we've all heard that. There are laughter therapists out there that really work with laughter. We did one workshop where, where it was actually so funny. We, we had people lie on the ground across my lawn 
and heads on tummies. Yes. Like creating a zigzag <laughs> down the whole, the whole lawn. And I said to the first person, I want you to go, ha. Huh. And the next person, ha. Huh. And the next person, ha. Huh. And by the time it started going down, they were all laughing so hysterically. <laughs> but the tension, the stress, the anxiety, the worry, everything disappeared. And there was this absolute joy in the space. And apparently there are actual laughter workshops that are being run. Absolutely. Almost like at a gym, you know, you go in and you're expected to just laugh. And someone that I know who did one uh, um, said that she was laughing more at the laughter from other people because everyone's laughter was different, you know. So you begin to laugh at other people's laughter. And even if you're in a cinema and someone starts to laugh and they've got an unusual laugh, you laugh as well. It's amazing how it can light up your life. You know, I wanted to just go on to uh, Miriam Peretz for a moment. I know you've met her. And this is called the speech of the century that everyone's listening to. And if you haven't listened to this, I would really suggest that you do. It's on Miriam Peretz, P-E-R-E-T-Z. She's an Israel Prize winner of the prestigious Israel Prize. And this was from Israel's Independence Day celebration ceremony in Jerusalem now. And she lost her two sons in the IDF and then her husband, she said, of a broken heart. And you know that she has reached out very meaningfully and deliberately to change her life, to bring her wounds to heal other people. And she says that when the heart is full of faith, it can withstand great challenges. She said, I turned my grief into a new melody. And just with that, I would like to add that I love this this quote. <clears throat> I love when people that have been through hell walk out of the flames carrying buckets of water for those still consumed by the fire. Mm. Amazing. It is amazing yeah. because that is someone who has turned their wounds mm. into a healing modality. We met um, Miriam Peretz a year ago in the cemetery where her boys are buried. And she spoke, her, she spoke about her life. She's told us her story. She's written a book called Miriam's Song. And what an incredible, incredible soul really emotionally touched every one of our lives so, so deeply. And I would highly recommend that people um, listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Rob, if people need to get hold of you, how can they? Because I see we, we're running out of time now and there's still so much to still talk about. But how can they actually get hold of you to run corporate workshops, school workshops and, and private Okay, um, thank you so much, Sue, for that. I would like to, if possible, give out my email address. Please do. Okay, so it's Robin Cowan, R-O-B-Y-N-C-O-W-E-N, at gmail.com. And my cell phone number is 064-907-3722. Just repeat those, please. R-O-B-Y-N-C-O-W-E-N at gmail.com 
and my cell phone number 0649073722. Now, I would highly recommend that you do get hold of Robin. She does a lot of healing workshops as well, and she goes into hospitals and visits people. She goes into homes. People come to her. And do you know that there was a time when my dog was uh, paralyzed at the um and the vet wanted to put him down and Robin said let me work on him for a while and she began to work on my dog Astaffy and with great success he lived for another 10 years afterwards (laughs) we're going to have to end now Uh, Rob thank you so much for being on this show Um, I hope you'll come back again I'm sure we'll get a lot of feedback and people asking more questions and Judy and Wendy and Hilton, good luck for your program, your anti-bullying program. And I would also like to say that next week I've got Professor Jeannie Zadel-Rudolph uh, coming on and we're going to be talking about music and the power of music. Thank you so much, Sue. It's been an absolute honor and a privilege. Thank you again. We've both been very mindful of being sitting opposite each other, Rob, you and I. Thank you so much. We're going to be ending with, um, uh, it's also a, a YouTube, and it's it's um, a, a man who talks about um, how you treat people is who you are. It's a kindness motivational YouTube. A.D. Williams once said, Imagine what 7 billion humans could accomplish if we loved and respected one another. Just imagine. Imagine if there was no greed. Imagine if there was no comparison. If everyone was running their own race, but cheering for all others at the same time. Maybe we'll never see that in our lifetime. But what we all can do is start with ourselves. Start with yourself. Choose to lift others up. Choose to set the example. The example of kindness and integrity. The example of compassion and understanding. There's a quote that says, No matter how educated, talented, rich, or cool you believe you are, how you treat people ultimately tells all. Integrity is everything. It really is. Who you are is far more important than what you have. And it will always be. Who you are is measured by how you make others feel. Be kind to each other. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. Choose to be the change you wish to see in the world. Decide you will not wait for someone else. You will set the example. Be kind. Because you never know how much that person is suffering inside. You never know the difference your words can make, the difference your presence can make, the difference you can make to one human life. Be the reason someone believes in the goodness of humanity. Be the reason someone else decides to make a difference in others. Be the influence you want to see more of. Always do what is right. Not what is easy in the moment. Kindness spreads like a virus. When you do good to another, that person does better to those they come in contact with. You really can make a big difference in the world today and every other day. And Frank said, in the long run, the sharpest weapon of all is a kind and gentle spirit.
No one has ever made themselves great by showing how small another is. Be kind and always build others up to the best of your ability. Treat everyone with the same level of kindness that you would like for yourself. Not because everyone is nice, but because you are. Because karma makes no mistakes. Because it is right. Because you have integrity. Because you want this world to be better when you leave than when you arrive.